All right, hello everyone. We are back with another installment of Common Room's Perfect 10 series. And if you haven't tuned in yet, the Perfect 10 is a series of 10 minute conversations with community experts and DevRel leaders live on Twitter spaces, which are always focused on one topic each. I'm Rebecca, the head of community at Common Room, which is the community intelligence platform that helps you build better products, deepen relationships and grow faster. And you can hang out with more than 750 community and DevRel leaders in our Uncommon community Slack. So you can find out more about that at commonroom.io slash uncommon or more about the intelligence platform simply at commonroom.io. Anyway, enough about me and us. I'm really excited to welcome today's guest and I'm gonna borrow some language directly from him. He is, a, well, from his social media channels actually and <laughs> the jokes that he always makes, which I love. He's the lead community manager at Morning Brew, uh, focused on Learning Brew, who recently posted his first Morning Brew byline by sharing four tips for creating and sustaining community, which I'm super excited for you. He was also named to Forbes' 7 billion under 7 billion list. That's real, I promise. It's true. Real and honor. Total real honor, right? I, uh, I voted for you, that's for sure. And uh, he's here to share about both designing and delivering accelerator programs that up-level uh, the Morning Brew community's skills and that bring members closer both to each other and to their own goals. Um, so that's that's Kyle. That's He's here. Go ahead and say hello, Kyle. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And um, yeah, thanks for having me so much. Yeah, so before we dive totally in for those who are perhaps new to this, um, can you give us a little primer on what community means at Morning Brew? And I think a lot of times people are like, oh, Morning Brew. Maybe they know it's a newsletter. Maybe they know it's a family of newsletters. Um, I Yeah, so maybe set the stage a little bit about what Morning Brew is and what Learning Brew means to that um, and how yeah. it goes beyond a daily email. For sure, great question. So, you know, the way I like to think about it is Morning Brew for a long time was in the audience building, which I would define as one to many. So we were sending, you know, a singular entity, Morning Brew was sending a newsletter, now it goes out to, uh, across all of our platforms, 5.5 million people um, every single day throughout the week. But there's not a lot of like back forth interaction. And so that's where that term audience comes in, one to many. And the way I like to define community is many to many. So not only are you interacting with your audience, but you're just interacting with each other and interacting back to you. And so it's multi-directional. So I think Learning Brew fits into the Morning Brew ecosystem by really going deeper taking it from audience to community, creating experiences where we're not only, you know, teaching the people that take our courses, but we're creating environments where they can teach each other, where they can interact with each other, they can interact back with us. Um, so I would say, you know, our programs are a lot more dynamic, a lot more community driven than just a daily newsletter. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of times we think about, um, in some ways at scale, we think about community as like facilitating a lot of one-to-one -one interactions or peer-to-peer. But I think the way mm. you describe it is actually really great because it's actually peer to peer to peer, many to many to many. Um, and I think you're also breaking down, we had just talked to one of the community leaders at Reddit, Evan Hamilton, and he was talking about how there's audience and then kind of this middle group called fandom perhaps. And then if you mm. can help those fandoms also turn into community and true community. So facilitate not just everyone having a really uh, a deep love for something, but then being able to come together around that. Um, and I think that you all do that really well at Morning Brew and at Learning Brew. And I've never thought about that. It's, it's quite brilliant. Like we, uh, you know, and fandom is kind of a filter. Like how do you sort the people that want to take your experiences or want to have those experiences? And, you know, with our different courses, we identify kind of types of personas that are interested. We find the fans of what we're going to be creating a community around and then deliver um, some great experiences for them. Yeah, so let's talk about those courses a bit. Let's get into the meat of the matter. Um, I would really, I would love to focus on two specific accelerator programs. So you have like two separate programs, like a MBA type of program uh, or careers, and then you have like a skills. 
And two of them are coming up pretty soon that I believe people can still sign up for. So I want to make sure that we give them some light. Um, you have the upcoming MBA or MB slash A, so like Morning Brew Accelerator course, and then the Building an Audience Skillset Accelerator. Um, can you tell me a little bit, or tell us rather, the peer-to-peer-to-peer, a little bit about each of those courses, and then we'll talk about how you chose to set those up and then how you designed for them. For sure. Uh, wow, you're setting me up perfectly here for some uh... – for, for, for some promo. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, so MBA, we do have a program right now that you can sign up for starting in March, but that program will run about 10 times this year. We kind of have a new cohort starting uh, every single month. So if you're interested in what I'm talking about, uh, definitely check it out. So I'll, I'll start there. MBA was our first product. Um, it's called the Morning Brew Accelerator. It's eight weeks and we cap it at 150 professionals that go through this uh, experience together. The reason we wanted to do it is, you know, we saw like many of you probably higher ed, particularly like grad programs, there's just some downsides to them. Often they're time and flexible. We all know they're very specific or expensive, excuse me, they're location specific, like not everyone wants to move to Cambridge to get a degree. And a lot of the stuff, you know, realistically is probably what your mom learned in B school, like is a little outdated. So we wanted to refresh that. We wanted to bring the morning group tone to that space. The one thing that I think we're doing quite unique is that we're deconstructing that whole experience and we're reconstructing it in a unique way. A lot of people, when they do design these like cohort-based courses, I think they're really focused on like, how do we do something that resembles an in-class experience? But for any of you that went to college, like, you know that the best parts of college just weren't what you were doing in the classroom, but it was the conversations with friends in the quad it was those random events you would go to. It was the people you met. It was the conversations you had outside the classroom. And so we're really focused on bringing all of those elements into our program. So when we design it, we're just thinking through how do we get the best operators to come teach about their specific skill? But how do we recreate all those fun elements too? Like we will do speed networking, but we made it fun. I know it sounds impossible. We pulled it off. We're making our content um, really applicable. You actually do case studies with groups of people together. Um, so you're forming those really intimate friendships. We, we set up these personal board of directors where you can work through shared professional challenges. So we're really trying to recreate the entirety of that experience. And, and that's something that I'm super excited about for MBA and something that I think people really love uh, about the program. Yeah, I love how you're like, hey, uh, speed networking, but make it fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the community, these these folks that you are bringing together. And how did you know that these were the right courses to build? Like, what were you from? I know that it didn't come from more like, hey, we're going to do this, build it, like, and then they will come. Instead, yeah. you're hearing something from your community of readers, perhaps that fandom who has turned into a community. Um, what were you hearing from them that initiated this, like, hey, there's something here that we need to build for our community? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, like any product, you're never going to go to market totally understanding what your audience or what your community wants and the first iteration will never be perfect. And so there's like a, a quote I like to use, uh, great things happen when you have a plan and not quite enough time. And so we really uh, built this program like quite fast, knowing that the first iteration was kind of going to be an MVP. How we determined what we put into the program, it really was thinking, what were the favorite parts of your experiences in school? And what were the parts that you didn't like? Um, kind of starting from those first principles, we asked a lot of our audience those questions. And then kind of built it up from the ground up. So that's where we have these like decision dossiers. They're like our updated case studies. We have foundations, which is taking the business textbook, putting it online, introducing multimedia content, content, making it more interactive. We have these personal board of director groups 
we do these, you know, speed networking and bringing in really excellent operators. So we kind of like pieced all these different pillars together and wrapped community at and, and we do have a community platform called Circle where people can interact with each other. Um, and, and so to your point about like, how do you know if it's going to work? This is where feedback comes in. And this is where community-based products are so powerful is that if you are able to form that relationship with the people going through your program, you're able to get really good feedback from them and kind of build the program together. Like I like to think of communities are emergent properties. Like they take shape based upon the people and the experiences that are, that are going through them. So the thing I see a lot of, I think companies do wrong is they ask for feedback and then it just goes into the ether and like no one tells the people that gave the feedback if it was valuable, if it's being used. So we actually got feedback from all 150 people going through the first program. We messaged them all individually after saying like, hey, this was great feedback. It's super valuable. Here's how we're going to implement the changes you suggested. Here's why we can't do what you maybe want us to do, but here's how we're going to respond to that and really show that it was valuable. And at that point, you get extreme buy-in. People feel really heard. People feel excited that they're kind of building it with you. And so our first program looks quite from, you know, we're now on our fifth program because uh, the community has helped build uh, build it right alongside us. Yeah, there's a, something like so special about that aspect of, of co-design. And let's talk about like fitting some of those pieces of feedback in the initial construction of those courses. I know that a ton of community builders today are trying to map out community-based courses and programs, but a lot of people get stuck about how do I choose what is right when I'm building out the series of lessons that build on top of each other and how long is the right time period? So I'm wondering if there are any of those like higher level questions of being able to actually construct a course where maybe you use certain tools, maybe you had a certain like small amount of, you know, cohort test subjects, um, ideation or feedback sessions. Like what were some ways that helped you at least even get to that MVP to help other people get over that hurdle of like, okay, how long should this be? How do I structure it? How do I get people in? How do I make sure that the MVP is as good as it can be? Right. Yeah, great question. So, you know, I might not be super insightful on this point. We talked to a lot of industry experts. We talked to a lot of people that uh, we thought would be good for the program. But mainly we had a lot of good discussions as a team about the experiences that we liked and the experiences that we didn't like in maybe more traditional education settings. Uh, and really, again, building that this isn't going to be perfect, but if we get community buy-in, Everyone feels like they're building it together, uh, and we really appreciate that feedback. It's just going to get stronger in each iteration. I would say for people trying to build any experience around community, the key element to me is to make sure that there are experiences in which every type of person feels comfortable participating in. I think we often build experiences based upon what we like. So if you're someone that really likes the high energy of a live event and interactive nature of Q&A, you're going to make a community and the events are going to like uh you know these these live events and some people just don't like that they're not comfortable they'd much rather be a little more thoughtful maybe take time type out their responses so what is cool about mba and my advice to anyone again building these experiences make sure that there's a chance for every type of person to participate to feel heard to see themselves reflected in the experiences you're bringing to market so you know we have a community platform where people can type their responses we have one-on-one -on -one coffee chats if you're someone that you know, really likes getting to know people on a deeper level in a, in a more intimate uh, space. We have those high energy events. We have uh, breakout rooms where you're meeting groups of five at a time. So we really thought through, you know, all of the different ways people want to interact and made sure that there were people to participate that they were comfortable in. And the same goes for learning experiences. Some people learn best just by reading the content themselves, really digesting it. Some people only learn when they can apply it. And that's where the case studies come in. 
Some people learn best when they've read it and then they have a small group that they can discuss what they've read. And so really making sure, again, there's a diversity of experiences where people can learn uh, no matter what style they prefer is, is really important. Yeah, on behalf of, uh, you know, a certain type, being a certain type of learner, thank you for considering so many angles of that. Let's talk one more question about learning a bit about, about learning. I am mm -hmm. surprised, or not surprised, I am curious if there is any particular piece of feedback that almost surprised you and the team um, about the MVP that you were like, oh, we took a lot of time to build and design this. And, you know, we, this is one thing that we, we weren't expecting. And if there's any piece of feedback that surprised all of you in terms of, okay, if we were to do this, you know, for the first time again, we would now consider this. Um, mm. And, and I, I love when those moments sort of happen where you're like, hey, we put as much thought into this as possible. And now there's this thing that is yet all surprising to learn that you <laughs> wanted to incorporate. Yeah, that's, that's great. I would say like built anything and you're not surprised. You're, people aren't, aren't probably comfortable enough to give you that feedback because there's no way that you've built kind of the perfect program out of the gate. The thing that I was most surprised with, maybe is old. the first is we have these case study groups and we have these personal board groups. And for the first cohort, we made those groups the same. We thought like, oh, it'll be great. They'll really get to know each other. And people did really get to know each other, but they actually wanted those groups to be separate just to increase the number of people they formed really intimate relationships with. So now your case study group that you go through and do these case studies with is one group. And this personal board of directors group is another group. And people have really, really loved that change. That, you know, surprised me, but it, now it kind of makes intuitive sense as we look back on it. Mm -hmm. the, the second biggest surprise is I would say half the people that take the program, their biggest uh, revelation, the, the highlight of their experience are these personal board of directors groups. And when you're thinking of like an educational experience, you're like, oh, they're going to love the content. They're going to love the uh, operators we bring in. And they certainly do, but they actually love this small peer group of five other people that they, uh, we provide kind of a structure and a template where they can talk about shared professional challenges. And I think it just highlights the fact that there's kind of this empty space between coworkers and friends where you don't want to talk to coworkers about work because there's, you know, some conflicts that can come up. Maybe your friends you just want to have fun with, but people really lack this group where they can talk about what's going on in their career with other people who probably have similar shared experiences and just get that support and that advice. And people love that. It was a huge perk of the program. It's been amazing to see. And, and alumni continue to do them with their groups, even after the events, typically on a monthly basis. So I would say that was the biggest surprise, but also probably the thing that puts the biggest smile on my face. Yeah, there is something so powerful about like, even us as humans understanding that uh, facilitating connections is really powerful. But then we try to put like timestamps on it, like, oh, people are probably going to need, you know, eight hours a week together to really facilitate these deep connections. And then there's actually a movement of that spectrum. Like you can facilitate really deep connections if it's focused time within 30 minutes or an hour or 20 minutes. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. That's a great point. You know, a, a lot of people will say like community moves at the speed of trust and, and trust just takes time. And so we try to give people as many chances to interact with those eight weeks so they can really build that trust. So then when the eight weeks are over, maybe you haven't chatted to someone in a couple months, but because you had that really intimate experience, they're, they're almost like a close friend. You haven't seen a few months, but then, hey, uh, I have this issue. Would you mind chatting? Like, of course, it'd be great to catch up. And so really building that community for life. And, and we have a really dynamic alumni community uh, because of that as well. Yeah, I've been so impressed with your alumni community. And I've seen what they've said. Um, so woot and congratulations to you <laughs> and the team and to everyone who's gone through the programs and also, step, you know, dip their toes in when it was the MVP. And there's like, hey, you know, I'm going to trust that you're trying to build the best experience and we're going to co-design this and improve it for the future together. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, shout out to the founding cohort and, and each and every cohort that goes through it and trust us to deliver a great experience for them, but also trust us to listen and implement their feedback. I think that's huge and has made the program better for each subsequent cohort. Yeah. I'm going to, um, I'm going to like leave listeners with the four key moments or key takeaways that you learned from building community. Community is more than a Slack channel. Don't automate the humanity out of your community. Community managers are architects, not stars. And feedback is incredibly powerful. Show it's valuable, which I think you spoke to a little bit, Kyle, about um, not only saying like, hey, can we have your feedback, but then actually getting back to people and saying, this is how we're going to implement your feedback. Yes, agreed. Although I wrote them, so I'm a little biased, but. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for um, sharing the Learning Gurus journey between these accelerator programs and to sharing community with everyone. Of course. Thank you so much for having me and for building the community that you have. And if anyone is interested in anything that we talked about, you can reach out to me, Kyle at morningbrew.com. And our website is learning.morningbrew.com if you want to check out some of our programs. Sounds good. We'll see you in the community. Sounds good. Thanks, y'all.